AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Monday, the Beating the Book podcast. Guess in line. Week three, National Football League. Chris Andrews from Los Angeles this morning, the director of the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook. He's with us as always. It is rightful place where he belongs. We go through the process, the design to gain an edge and a first look of upcoming NFL lines for the forthcoming week, week three of the National Football League. And as I didn't know at the outset, but later found out when we recorded it this morning, one of the biggest spreads of all time. We talk about its historical place as well, included in today's episode. Week three, Guessing Lines with Chrissy. Enjoy. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It is a numbers game. As I step on Charles Barkley to start the week. One of those idiots that believes in analytics. What's happening? It's Gil Alexander, SiriusXM Channel 204, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app. It is where sports betting analytics live, actionable sports betting information. JB is here on a Monday, John Brown, as he does now on Guessing Lines. What's happening, man? How are you? Good morning, Gil. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, good NFL weekend. Little uh, little three and two in the contests, you know, just steady along. Steelers got me. Wasn't really the Big Ben injury that got me. It was just a bad call. We'll get into that. Uh, what was the other one that got me? Early as well. Uh, now it's slipping my mind. But somebody got me early as well. Oh, yes, the Minnesota Vikings. I got Kirk Cousined. And every Redskin fan can looks at that game yesterday and just shakes their head and goes, yep, that's what they paid $84 million. We could have. A four that we could have told you about this. Yeah, that, that that one got me too. We were talking about that game last week. Definitely the uh, the, the the Vikings got me. For yeah, sure. good weekend for you though. Ultimately, 
Pretty Ultimately, good? yeah. Um, so I've, I've still got one entry left alive in Last Man Standing, and that's I put it on the stale line for the Browns tonight because they were offering two and a half. That's it's right, six and a half now. For super contest. Yeah, um, yeah and then uh, and then let's see what else did I? I took the under in the uh, the, the Dolphins game. And then that just squeaked out the under there since they didn't score. Uh-huh. And then let's see, I had the in-play under in the Chargers game, which which was a dream for sure. Well, you know what we do on Mondays here. Every Monday, we've done it on the uh, podcast side for many years, the Beating the Book podcast, and we do it right here on a numbers game at VEASAN. Mondays during football season, and last week it was the return of the show. After uh, being with us uh, sort of a spotty fashion last year, for obvious reasons, ladies and gentlemen, from Los Angeles, California, he's the uh, sportsbook director of the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook right here. It's our buddy, my mishpocha, Chrissy Andrews. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Uh, doing pretty good, Joe. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How was, your, how was the weekend from a book perspective? How did you guys uh, end up faring? Uh, Saturday was not good. A lot of big favorites won. A lot of steam plays won. So Saturday, we're definitely licking our wounds at the end of the night. However, we made a really nice comeback yesterday. And uh, really, it's one of those things where when I look down the schedule, I'm not sure where we won all the money. But, you know, <laughs> It was one of those weeks where like the late games really helped us. Usually the late games, because you just have so much uh, of your action funneling into the late games, you can win a little and lose a lot. But yesterday, we, we won pretty good on uh, the three uh, afternoon games. And then, of course, the night game uh, turned out very good for us, too. So we, we wound up having a uh, hell of a day. So my, my headlines from the weekend, we're going to get into every single game for next week. And then in that process, we'll talk about these, uh, these games from yesterday in the National Football League um, while we do that. The idea here is for me to come up with a line that I think it's going to be what the actual line is that Chris is going to put up here at the South Point Hotel Casino. It's a tribute to the old Stardust radio show back in the day with uh, Roxy Roxborough. And in that process, try to seek an edge. And, and one of the things that we say is, uh, you know, look, don't hold us to what the reaction was, because I had four of them last week. New England, at the time of this show, I guessed 17 and a half. You said 16 and a half. And I'm like, well, give me that all day long. Not only did it come to me, it went through me. So by the end of the week, that wasn't a play for me, which it had been, by the way. Uh, and then another one, Minnesota was one. Atlanta was one. The other one was Washington. And so just a, a reminder for people, stuff happens during the week. So in the end, the Redskins lost. This is all during the week. There's going to be no Darius Geis. There's going to be no Jordan Reed. There's going to be no Quentin Dunbar. There's going to be no Jonathan Allen. By the time that came up, you, you couldn't play the Redskins. So just keep in mind, this is our first reaction to things. Uh, but the headlines for me, before we get into these game by game, Chris, I'm curious what your thoughts were on this. This seems to be the NFL so mired by flags at this point that when I look up and down the uh, slate yesterday, Oh, and on Thursday, 12 out of 15 went under. Am I right about that? 12 out of 15, I believe. 200. Look, yeah. yeah, 200. That probably helped us up quite a bit, too, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it did, right, from your perspective, because obviously the, uh, the casual yeah. better is wired for the over. 235 penalties called. I counted. Those are the accepted penalties throughout the National right. Football League. That's crazy. And so I wonder if there is a there's an angle in that. If they're going to really hold steadfast to calling these holding penalties, maybe the under parade is just beginning. Uh, interesting, because usually we're looking at the, the pass interference right. penalties and thinking that that was a great benefit to the offense. I still think that kind of is, but you're right. I mean, I think who it was. They had four 
holding penalties in the first quarter yesterday. I can't remember exactly what game it was. But it's funny how guys like us, you know, you, you tend to just uh, get used to things, I would say. And uh, naturally, I'm here in L.A. I'm not in the sports book. And I only have the Red Zone channel on. Well, I have others, but we just, my wife and I, we sit there and we watch the Red Zone channel. But she said it yesterday. She said, boy, there's a penalty on every play. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. You're right. You know, it is. You know, I mean, it's one of those things, like I said, where we just kind of come from well, me. I mean, I can only speak for myself. I guess. Come to kind of accept it. Yeah, there's just, you know, flag, flag, flag every play. And, uh, you know, really interrupts the flow of the game, uh, you know, from a player's perspective, but also from from the, the audience perspective, too. And, uh, you know, I don't know which way they're going. I mean, we, you know, still kind of early in the season. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Right now, the uh, the holding penalties are ridiculous, or how many they call. And, uh, you know, last year was more the pass interference. That, and, of course, now we had one pass interference call that they missed last year, and then the whole league changed, you know. So, I mean, uh, right now they're doing a lot to uh, to destroy their product. I mean, I don't want to say that, but, uh, you know, I, when you look back at uh, Mark Cuban, thinks that they've done a lot to hurt their product, and, you know, he's a pretty smart guy. But right now they got to do something – to really help the flow of the game. And some of the calls on this are, are just ridiculous. And I'm sure we'll get to you know, the bears and Broncos at some point, because that's roughing the passer. Penalty oh was, my goodness. Was, uh, was yeah. just awful. Just, just awful. And really, I mean, it's a game, you know, you, we only get 16 of them, you know, and, and it, it gave one team a win and the other team a loss, you know, and uh, you know, they, they, like I said, one out of 16, that's a pretty big percentage. You know, it was really a horrible call that set that up. Bradley Chubb flagged for playing football. It's basically what it come down, yeah. to, what it came down to. Uh, the other, much, yeah. yeah, the other two headlines, and we'll get into all this here as we because we got to jump in because there's so many games to get to with nobody on buys. Um, yeah. You brought up uh, Denver going it for uh, for two down one late to try to win it. That's a whole thing. We'll get into the details of that. Uh, Jacksonville did the same since 2001. Yeah. Teams are eight of 19 when going for two down one in the fourth quarter. We had two instances of that yesterday. Could that perhaps be something that uh, will rear its head more often? And then the quarterback injuries, Big Ben and Breeze. Uh, ben, Roethlis- ben Roethlisberger, Drew Breeze, respectively, for the Steelers and the Saints. <clears throat> you know, we shall see. We don't know what their status is as we do this this morning. So that could be two, obviously, staple names in the National Football League that we may not see for a while. Uh, we'll find out what the results are of that. But let's start with Thursday because we have the full slate here, Chrissy. Give me the Thursday matchup. Good Lord, you, you weren't here when we talked about this on Friday, but I just did a whole segment on that last Carolina-Tampa Bay drive and all the shenanigans of that drive. Thursday night football just looking like it's uh, a tough watch each and every year, and that certainly was. Who do we got this week on Thursday? First of all, I've been knocking the Thursday games forever. I can't stand them, though. They're horribly played. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure the TV ratings are fantastic, but I, but the product on the field is not. Anyway, we got Tennessee at Jacksonville. <laughs> Another barn burner right, off, oh, yeah, right out of the yeah, gates. Yeah. Um, by the way, you could just throw up. I mean, I guess Jacksonville's probably the team with Gardner Minshew. We don't really know truly what we're yeah. getting from him. So maybe maybe don't throw them into this group. Maybe, possibly, yes. But the other three teams, just throw them up in, in the air. Um, although I have an opinion about Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis might be the best team in the end. We'll get to that. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Uh, Tennessee coming off a loss to the Colts, the aforementioned Colts, 
Could have gone either way. Colts get a touchdown to T.Y. Hilton with 438 left. That stood, led the Colts to a 19-17 victory. Titans home opener. Andrew Luck had beaten the Titans 11 straight times, all 11 times he faced them. Jacoby Brissett picks up where uh, Luck left off. And then Jacksonville loses to Houston as big dogs, a game they covered and could have won. Minshew, 23 of 33 for 213. One touchdown, no picks, sacked four times. But the penalties, and I'll just mention this with every team, nine penalties for the Jags, 70 yards. Uh, Houston led by seven in the fourth quarter. Minshew, long drive, first real sustained drive of the game. Capped, uh, got converted to fourth and 10, capped it with a four-yard touchdown pass to DJ Chark. And then instead of trying to tie it with the extra point, Doug Marone opts to go for the potential win by having uh, Leonard Fournette attempt to run it for the two-point conversion. He is stopped by Justin Reed, 13-12. It's upheld by video. 13-12, Texans win it. Uh, Jags were without four starters. They didn't have A.J. Bouye. Receiver Marquise Lee. Defensive end Yannick uh, Nagakwe wasn't there. Left tackle Cam Robinson, so they were banged up. And then Jalen Ramsey got into it with Doug Marone on the sidelines, and when they asked Doug Marone about it afterwards, he's like, I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't recall. I don't know what it was about. <laughs> so that was that. Uh, all of that uh, to say, this is, this is a coin flip to me. Tennessee at Jacksonville, it's probably a pick em, right? Um, we got Tennessee a slight favorite. I see as low as one and a half, as high as two and a half. Uh, we're going to go right in the middle with a two, which I think is a, a decent number. You know, I think uh, the Gardner Mishu uh, train maybe has had a little bit of a slowdown here. He looked good. He didn't. He certainly didn't look great. I mean, would they put up twelve points in the game? You know, so I mean, they looked. He looked all right. The rest of the team, I think, really is. Uh, uh, hurting a little bit in Jacksonville. Not that Tennessee is any great shakes. There's certainly not. But I think Tennessee does deserve to be a very slight favorite. Although I guess home teams have been pretty strong on these Thursday nights. But I give Tennessee a slight edge. I think two is a pretty good opening number. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, that's such a that's such a non-pre-flop game. That's the wait and see, live bet it kind of thing. I think um, not a very exciting yeah. I mean, matchup. I know I know you're not too crazy about Mariota. I think kind of the league has caught up to you on that, really. But, uh, you know, the Gardner Mishu and then all the injuries you mentioned with Jacksonville, and you know, they're a little bit on the ropes right now. I think it's going to be a big game for them that they need to win. But I, I got to say this about Mike Vrabel. Really like him. I think he's yeah. coming along as pretty good as a head coach. And I think, uh, I think the, the future is probably pretty good for Tennessee with Vrabel at the helm. All right, let's do one more. Let's, do, let's go to Sunday morning. Let's start there. Sunday morning, pretty decent game here. Denver at Green Bay. Denver at Green Bay. Well, we got right to the uh, the teams that went for two, down one in the fourth quarter right off the bat. That closing sequence for the Broncos yesterday against the Bears. My goodness. Uh, Denver scores to come within one. They decide, Vic Fangio decides, go for two. Let me just say, in both the case of Doug Marone and Vic Fangio, I kind of like both plays. I know a lot of people are like, just kick the extra point time. But I thought Jackson, I yeah, Jacksonville and Denver's offenses were so inept in both cases. Right. Why not just try to put this out when you have the one opportunity you might get? And in Denver's case, get flagged for a delay of game. That pushes yeah. them back. So Fangio's like, incorrectly, so he's like, all right, well, now we're just going to kick the extra point. That goes wide. And you're thinking, okay, Chicago wins the game, and uh, Denver betters rejoice because you get the one-point loss. Nope, penalty on Denver, offsides. Uh, then it brings it forward, and you're like, okay, they're going to go for two again. They convert the two. First of all, it was a Flacco to Sanders pass in the corner of the end zone. They gave him the touchdown. Knee perfectly inbounds in the corner of the end zone. Then just past the goal line, the two-point conversion is made. Denver goes up a point. 
And then that's the sequence you were talking about. Chicago gets the ball back. Uh, there's a roughing the passer, just absolutely brutal roughing the passer call on Bradley Chubb. Uh, garbage, quite frankly. And it put the Bears in business at the uh, Broncos 45 right out of the chute. What people will forget after that, though, Chrissy, is that there were three incompletions consecutively after that. So because there was a 12 men in the huddle call too on the bears, if you recall. So they ended up having a fourth and 15 from their own 40 with nine seconds left. And that's when Trubisky hits Allen Robinson. He drops to the ground. Uh, was there a second left? Was there not? I thought there was. It turns out there was. The refs give the second. And then Eddie Pinheiro kicks a 53-yarder to give the Bears a 16-14 win over the Broncos. And Vic Fangio, once again, to his knees. A man with a fanny pack walking around a museum with his two hands clasped behind his hand, <laughs> behind his back, walking from painting to painting. Um, by the way, 10 penalties. For the Broncos, 81 yards. They were another team. Their left tackle, Garrett Bowles, uh, he was their top draft pick in 2017, whistled for holding a career worst four times. That gives him an That's the game I was thinking about. Okay, yeah. I, I had my facts a little bit confused. Yeah, but he got called for four holding pounds. I remember that. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's a, the 34 flags for him in 34 career starts. That's an NFL high. Ooh. And then there's Green Bay. Green Bay probably should have lost that game to Minnesota. They got a 21-0 lead. Maybe they, it's hard to say should have, but they certainly, uh, if you're a Green Bay backer, you had to feel fortunate at the end of that game. The Cousins threw a pick uh, late to preserve that win and cover for Green Bay. But it's Green Bay at home uh, against Denver. I would imagine Green Bay's, I mean, look, Air Flacco. Joe Flacco's not scaring anybody here. So I'd say Green Bay minus six, and maybe I'm low. I'll say six. You're a little low. I see seven and a half and eight. Wow. I'm kind of with you. I think I'd open, you know, had Through I been in seven. a vacuum, Yeah. I think I'd open this seven. You know, say what you want about Flacco. I know he's not great. I, I understand that. He started this whole elite thing, you know, uh, which drives me crazy now. But he is Joe Cool. I mean, you see him on that last drive, and, you know, they certainly didn't have much success during the course of the game. But he doesn't get flustered. You know, he, he, he had that team hanging in there till the end, and they, I think, should have won the game. I personally don't think there was one second left on the clock. But, uh, you know, it's just the way it goes. But I think that, uh, you know, he, he's not bad. He is very cool. The Denver defense is pretty good. They played well yesterday. They didn't play so well the first game of the season. But I think they'll come together. I'm not sure that we've seen the best of it. I, I mean, I think we have seen the best of Aaron Rodgers in the past, and I'm not sure that he's all that good anymore. I mean, is he good? Yeah, he's good. Is he still, like, among the absolute best? Well, I guess with Breeze and Roethlisberger, both might be out. I, I guess he is. But I think that that great, great play that, we're gonna, that we've seen out of Aaron Rodgers for a while now, man, that might be kind of coming and going a little bit. I don't have quite the faith in him that I did, let's say, two years ago or even a year ago. I think I think it's a little high. I'm going to open seven and a half because I think if I open seven, I'm just inviting a play on Green Bay. I'm not ready to do that quite yet, but I do see a lot of eights out there. I'm going to open seven and a half. Uh, I hope they bet me Green Bay because I don't mind going in needing Denver in this spot. I think uh, I think Denver keeps it close. Interesting. I like how you, uh, you anticipate what you anticipate and then have to uh, behave accordingly. So seven and a half is where you're opening it, you said? Seven and a half. Yeah, I think, like I said, were I to make the exact the the 
opening numbers in a vacuum, I think I would open to seven. Okay. I, I don't have that much faith in Green Bay at this point. Green Bay, Aaron Jones, 23 carries, 116 yards, a touchdown. Devontae Adams, seven catches, 106 as they hold on and beat the Vikings yesterday uh, after uh, getting a 21 and nothing lead and then holding yeah. on for dear life the rest of the way. Yeah. We'll come back, Chrissy. Yeah. We'll do more for uh, week three in the National Football League. Reminder to everybody, uh, don't begin the football season or any sports season without downloading the exciting new BetMGM app. First-time players can make their first bet completely risk-free, up to $500. Uh, and the same guys that bring you Atlantic City's premier hotel and casino will be with you all season long with a wide variety of betting options and easy deposit and withdrawal methods. Right now, you can download the app and use the bonus code VSIN500. That's VSIN500 at sign up to get your $500 risk free bet. That's bonus code VSIN500 to place your first bet MGM wager risk free. You can sign up anywhere, but you must be in the state of New Jersey. To place a bet, got to be in New Jersey. That's where this applies. BetMGM, it's how you play the game. Download the app today. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Coming back, Guessing Lines, week three. We continue with Chrissy next on A Numbers Game at VEASAN. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Back on A Numbers Game, just like the man said. It's Gil Alexander. JB's in for uh, producer number five, Jeff Parlay today. Jeff Parlay. For those who are wondering, um, won't be here tomorrow. The reason he's not here tomorrow is because he had tickets and still has them, and that's why he had them pre-planned. He's going to tonight's Monday night football game in New York, his beloved Jets taking on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and that is the anniversary, not the anniversary, but it's sort it's the same matchup as the very first Monday night football matchup there ever was between the Jets and the Browns. Happened to be those two teams. Joe Willie Namath was uh playing quarterback for the Jets. It was 1970. First two times these two teams have met since on that stage. They've met before many times in between, but the first time they've ever returned to the Monday Night Football stage, this matchup, the Jets and the Browns. Chrissy, before we get back into these games, do you remember where you were the first Monday Night Football game in 1970? And just try to, if you could for us, who, who do not remember such a thing, how big of an event was it? Like, how excited were you for this? Well, first of all, yeah, I remember exactly where I was. It was at the 324 Avenue L, right where I grew up, you know, so I remember that well. But, uh, yeah, I was with, uh, you know, my Uncle Jack and my dad. And, uh, you know, remember when the game started, uh, I just by the end of the game, which you got to remember, it was really late back east by the time that thing finished. I think, boy, this is the greatest thing in the world. We got this one isolated game, you know, because, uh, you know, in my household growing up, like on Saturdays and Sundays, we're all flipping around the radio and getting scores and making phone calls. And, we, you know, we're very rarely sat and just watched one game as it went on. So to do this, it was really kind of an event. And, of course, I thought, the, you know, the production, and we might laugh at it now were we to see it. But at the time, it was fantastic. And, of course, you know, either loved or hated Howard Cosell. And Keith Jackson was the play-by-play guy that first year. And I think Frank Gifford was one of the color guys, him and the Cosell, if I remember correctly. And uh, I just thought it was great. It was fantastic. I can't remember the exact outcome of the game. 
But uh, I remember Bill Nelson being the quarterback for the Browns, who was a former Steeler. And, uh, you know, it was just, uh, I can't remember too much other than that, just the fact that it was a terrific event that really caught our imagination and obviously the imagination of, you know, the entire American public. So it's been going strong ever since then. And, uh, you know, it was just, uh, you know, one of those, one of those things in life where you remember where you were. And I remember exactly where I was. It was, uh, September 21st, 1970. And uh, the Browns won it 31 to 21, I believe. Is that the final score of that game? It seems like a high scoring game, but that's what it was back in the day. Uh, tonight, six and a half point favorites in favor of the Cleveland Browns, who uh, that was a bump from an opener of two and a half. The reason being Sam Darnold's mononucleosis. By the way, he's saying he's feeling better already. And instead of Sam Darnold, it'll be Trevor Simeon going for the Jets tonight in their game against the Browns at home. Six and a half point home dogs. Uh, tonight at Monday Night Football. Chrissy, what's next for week three next week? Uh, next, we have Detroit at Philadelphia. Detroit at Philadelphia. Detroit got it done somehow. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. beat the uh, L.A. Chargers yesterday, uh, beat them by a score, uh, final score of, well, let's see, 13 to 10. And Lord knows the Chargers have their chances. We'll get to them when we get to the Chargers section of this. Uh, but Detroit is at Philly. Philly coming off the loss last night. Carson Wentz is just fabulous. He got hurt in this game. He was getting brutalized by the Falcons. A lot of big hits. Uh, but he came back in the game, and they did their thing. The Eagles did, converting a lot of third downs in this game last night uh, to stay in the ball game. Uh, they had a curious play in the middle of it where um, – First of all, in the first half, not only did Wentz have to leave the game and come back, but they lost all three of their wide receivers, the Eagles did. Yeah. Aguilar ended up coming back in, but Deshaun uh, Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey had to leave the game. They lost their center. They lost their second tight end. Uh, they were down 17-6, to six, the Eagles were in this game, and then Doug Peterson decided, instead of kicking a field goal to make it 17-9, to nine, I think it was fourth and goal at the four, I believe it was. Yeah. He decides to yeah. go for it. And I'm, I'm just like, what is he doing? Chris Collinsworth says it's absolutely the right decision. I'm like, really, was it? Are we just basing this on the result that he actually got the touchdown? They don't end up getting the two-point conversion, uh, but they do take a lead late in the game. And then a, a late Falcons fourth and three conversion that Julio Jones took the house is what ultimately sunk the Eagles, even though they matriculated, uh, matriculated the ball down the field late and had a shot after converting a fourth and 14 on the final drive. But they were 9 of 18 on third downs, Chrissy, which is what they did their Super Bowl year, if you remember. They just were phenomenal on third downs. They were 2 of 3 on fourth downs. Didn't get it done last night, but there is no, there's nothing about this team that doesn't lead me to believe that they could be Super Bowl bound. Uh, they lose. Detroit wins. And we'll get again, we'll get to the Chargers portion of it with Detroit. Eight penalties, 71 yards. Matt Prater missed an extra point. He also missed a 40-yard field goal. I mean, the, the kicking around the league is just from big names, too. Uh, but I think Philadelphia will be a pretty sizable favorite here. I'll say six and a half at Philly. Well, you're a little light, seven and a half. And I kind of agree Jeez. with that number. You know, I, I look back at Detroit and think, well, you know, Matthew Stafford didn't play bad. They looked okay. What they have 13 points in the game, you know, they didn't put up much. And, and, and you know, if you look back at that Philadelphia game uh, last night, I mean, Aguilar dropped a touchdown pass that went right oh, through his hand sure on did. that last drive. Sure, I did. mean, that was incredible that he could drop that. So you know, look at it, looking at it that 
very isolated way. You could say Philly should have won the game. You know, and I guess maybe they should. Uh, you know, Peterson is certainly embracing embracing the analytics. And I'm not sure going forward on that fourth and goal was the right play. I don't. I know that they made it, but at the time, I remember saying, "I don't think this is right." Me they, too. You know, make or miss, yeah. whatever. I, I thought, you know, kicking a field goal and cutting it to eight, I thought would have been the proper thing to do. But nonetheless, I think Philadelphia. You know, I, I'm going to assume they get some of these guys back. Uh, certainly at this point, I haven't heard otherwise. But I think seven and a half is a good opening number for this one. Um, like I said, Detroit, nah, I still got my questions about them, even though they, the, you know, they, they pulled out the win or did the Chargers lose it? Which way did that go? Yeah. So I think the Chargers just have a habit of losing games like that. So I think that's more what happened than Detroit actually, you know, going in there and winning that game. So I think seven half is a pretty good place to start for this game. You're right about uh, Aguilar. He did catch, catch eight balls, 107 yards at a touchdown, but the yeah. potential go-ahead score uh, right through his hands with under two minutes left streaking down the left yeah. sideline. Um, yeah. He did. He was on the receiving end of the big fourth down conversion on that drive, but uh, nothing made up for that. Uh, looked like short touchdown. He said he lost it in the lights. I don't know if that's uh, the case or not, but that's what happened there. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia. Uh, I'm sure to get What would Harry Carey say? What should, should he play with a sombrero? <laughs> should he play with a sombrero? <laughs> Uh, I short-armed another one. I went below seven, and you're saying it's seven and a half. So uh, I yeah. came up short on yeah. a couple of these. Let's do uh, another one here. Okay, this is the game of the day, I think. Baltimore at Kansas City. Two undefeated teams here in the early going. Two 2-0 two and o teams. Baltimore uh, did not uh, exactly skate by the Cardinals yesterday. Uh, they end up winning by six, 23-17, falling well short. Uh, well short of the uh, the big spread in that game, which was 13. They end up winning 23-17. to 17. The Kansas City Chiefs, let's just start there. Remember, by the way, Lamar Jackson was wonderful in this game. Like, he's got seven touchdown passes already this year. I think, what did he have last year? Let me see a uh, quick check on him. I think he's already exceeded his total from last year, and he's done so in two games. Obviously, he played Miami uh, the first game, yeah. and we'll get to the Dolphins, so that that's something. Um, but with the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were held scoreless in the first quarter, and they were held scoreless in the second half. They did have one touchdown call back in the second half. But that second quarter was Doug Williams-esque, Chrissy, from uh, Super Bowl XXIII. Uh, 20... I had the right side in that game, so I'm with you on that. That's cool. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, but you had the right side in the Super Bowl or yesterday? In the Super Bowl, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, Lamar Jackson, uh, 122 yards rushing for the uh, Ravens. Uh, threw over 250 yards in the same game. That's the the most yards rushing ever for a quarterback who threw for over 250 yards in the same game, 122, according to ESPN stats and information. He was 24 of 37 for 272, uh, two touchdowns, no picks, and the 120 yards uh, rushing. That after having a perfect rating last week against Miami, seven touchdown passes, a new single-season career high through six in seven starts last season. Uh, Mark Andrews' tight end was his big uh, target eight for 122 to touchdown. Ten penalties, though, for the Ravens. Add to the penalty parade, 10 for 62. They possessed the ball for 37 minutes, 38 seconds against the Cardinals, even though they only won by six. Back to Kansas City. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 30 of 44 for 443. Four touchdowns, no picks. That second quarter, uh, Demarcus Robinson exploits a blown coverage, 44-yard touchdown pass, first play, second quarter. Nicole Hardman, 
Rookie, 42 yard, deep strike, first career catch uh, to give them a 14 10 lead. They spotted Oakland 10 points. They never scored again, the Raiders. Then two more long touchdown passes in the final two minutes of the half 27 yarder to Kelsey, 39 yarder back to Demarcus Robinson, who, by the way, six for 172, two touchdowns from Demarcus Robinson. Kelsey, seven for 107 and a touchdown. The Chiefs, eight of 14 on third downs. They, too, 10 penalties, 114 yards. The penalty barrage was just ridiculous. All of that to say, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Patriots should just play in the AFC Championship already. With apologies to the Ravens. I get it. You're 2-0. But the Chiefs are going to be, and maybe I'll short arm this again, I have the Chiefs at 6 hosting the Ravens here. Yeah, you're a little light. It's, you know, 6.5 and, and I see 6.5 uh, with juice on the favorite or 7 with juice on the dog. I, I'm going to open this 6.5. And, and I, I'll tell you, what, first of all, I do think it's a three-way race in the AFC. Now, we've got a lot of football to get to play, so I hate to jump the gun too much. But to me, it does look like uh, you know Kansas City, New England. But I would not throw Baltimore out there yet or out of that mix. Um, Kansas City, what they have rushing the ball, Gil, I'm sure you've got the, um, the stat sheet in front of you. I don't think they gain gain 50 yards running. Uh, you know, and they're sitting on a pretty big lead. That could come back to haunt them. And, you know, said since we've been doing this show, not that I'm a Baltimore fan by any stretch of imagination, but John Harbaugh, I do believe, is probably the second-best coach in the NFL. He gets the most out of his talent every year. And I think he's got this Lamar Jackson. He's a little bit different of a quarterback. You know, he sat on him for most of last year. But now he's geared his offense around this guy, and this offense isn't bad. I know they didn't produce huge numbers, but like you said, they had big time of possession, and of course, they won the game yesterday. So I think Baltimore is in that mix, and I kind of have a feeling Baltimore hangs in there with this Kansas City team. As impressive as Kansas City was yesterday, like I said, the one chink in the armor maybe I see is that they they don't run the ball as well as they probably need to if they're going to protect big leads. Well, and, we are. Uh, I think Baltimore... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was like, we're going to learn a lot from this game, aren't we? Like, and this will have, yeah. I, I hate to say it in week three, but this will have playoff implications perhaps if they're, if they're somehow ended up being a tie. Don't think there will be, but it could. Um, to answer your question, 182 yards on the ground for the Ravens, but 120 of those were from Jackson himself. Okay. But what did Kansas City have on the ground? Oh, I'm sorry, Kansas City. You were looking for. Yeah, that's I was, that's where I was going. They're My they're the apologies. team that's going to have some big leads and going to have to protect it. Let me. Uh, I'll effort that. Uh, but six and a half yeah, is where okay. you said you're opening that. Six and a half. Yeah, I see it. I see it trending a little higher, but I definitely want to take a bet at six and a half. I think Baltimore's right in this game. Okay. High, high total. We're looking at about fifty-five or so. So uh, you know that. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be looking at those kind of numbers all year with this Kansas city team, but I think Baltimore, uh, you know, has a pretty good chance of staying in there and, and you know, maybe giving uh, uh, Mahomes a little bit of trouble in this game. 31 yards on the ground for the chiefs. 31. Yes. Yeah, and they're protecting a 28 point lead or whatever. I think it was 18. Was it the high, you know, which would, you know, pretty much the whole second half. You got to run the ball a little bit better than that against a good team. And uh, you know, they, they were thought they were lucky to hold on, but if they're, playing a real, real solid team, you're going to have to run the ball a little bit better than that to hold on to a lead. All right. So I'm, uh, I'm like a half point or a point and a half uh, shy on all these. Some of them not through the seven, yeah. a couple others through them. Um, don't know what all that means, but uh, interesting so far. We got a whole bunch more to get to. Week three, Chrissy Andrews doing his thing back in the saddle where he belongs right here on Guessing Lines. It's a numbers game. Coming back right here at VEASAN. 
Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. It's time for a uh, Guessing Lines public service announcement. I feel like there should be one when we talk NFL and we're back into the NFL season. We all love the NFL, right? We all grew up on it. For goodness sake, the first time I saw an NFL game when I was six years old, I was obsessed for life. Right? My parents are like, who is this alien child we have? They're not even from this country. They're like, what is, what is he so interested in? But it deserves to be said, and we'll bring Chrissy Andrews back in on the show. Chris Andrews, the director of the South Point Hotel uh, Sports Book. By the way, you can follow him on Twitter at Andrew Sports. I can't help but think, Chris, and I just want your reaction to this, because I do think it deserves to be mentioned once in a while, um, that betting the NFL, so many of these games come down to Plinko, right? It's why teasers are so good in the NFL. The volatility of scoring is muted, and so teasers make sense. But I can't help but think that yesterday, even when I was three and two in Circa, right, and the and the week before I got crushed on the Redskins backdooring, uh, excuse me, the Redskins backdooring the uh, Eagles. I got beat on Detroit, snatching a tie from the jaws of victory against the Cardinals, and then I actually lost a couple on my own. I went one and four the first week, three and two this week, and I can't help but think to myself, I was no worse last week than I was this week. And for those who do very well in the NFL, oftentimes it's not, it's not them. Like we have this confirmation bias that when we do well in the NFL, we're like, oh, I'm so good at this. But when things don't go against me, there's always some calamity on the field that happened. It's a, the way that our brains are wired. We have this confirmation bias towards that end. And I guess what I'm saying with the NFL is more often than not, man, it is really the vagaries of the game. Like 80% of these games are just completely random, and it's the 20% on the margins is all we can really count on. You know what I'm getting at there? Do you, do you agree with that? what I'm saying there? Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, you're exactly right. Though. That's why teasers are so popular. And, and obviously, you know, if you do them right, and there's a right way and wrong way to do almost everything, but that could be a pretty good winning strategy in the NFL. I mean, how many games come down to the fourth quarter? You know, quite a few. And then you look at how important is your kicker? Pretty darn important. Meanwhile, it's probably the lowest paid guy on your roster as far as like starters go. And, uh, you know, they change kickers all the time. I mean, it's, uh, it seems like it's rare anymore for a kicker to stay with the team for any length of time, sometimes not even the course of a whole season. You know, so a lot of games come down to the fourth quarter. A lot of games come down to your kicker. And there's a lot of randomness at the end of the game. And, uh, you know, I, you know, listen, we've been on Twitter for a long time. I remember just seeing so many young kids. Tell, I hit 70% yep. in the NFL last year. Follow me. And, I, you know, someone picks and doing all that stuff. Then you never hear from them again. You know, can you hit 70% for a year? Yeah, sure. I, yeah. I guess you can. Sure I mean, you we could. see it all the time in the, uh, in the super contest. You know, but uh, can you do it year after year? You know, I doubt it. You know, I, listen, I knew – I knew Billy Walters. I want to say I knew him well. I I knew him a little bit, you know, and he said, boy, if he can get 57, 58% year after year after year, he'd sign up for that. Yeah. He'd sign up for that for sure. Listen, you know, but, uh, you know, even to get 57, 58%, you got to think, you know, you got to get the best of the number, got to manage your money properly, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, there's going to be a lot of luck involved and, you got to just try to be on the right side of that lucky break that's coming. You really do. It's like, and I'll just leave it with this. It's when we went to Piero's years ago, I don't know if you remember this, with Roxy. And Roxy said to me, he said, and I'll never forget, he said, Gil, no one beats the NFL. 
nobody. And what he meant by that was if you're doing this pre-flop ATS, sure, you could beat it for a month, you could beat it for a year, but what you're just describing is all I'm getting at, which is if you think you're going to beat this lifetime and the brakes are always going to go your way, Dude, it's not you. Trust me. It's just the this it's it's just the the lines well, are so efficient, you know? Well, I, I've been around a long time, obviously. You know, and I know two guys personally that have beat the NFL, Billy being one of them and my uncle Jack being the other one. So, you know, my uncle Jack yeah. passed away in this last year and you know, Billy, I hope he's doing okay, but you know, he famously is uh, you know, in prison right now for something totally unrelated to gambling. But uh you know, those are about the only two guys I know that have, that have done it long term. You know, year, couple years. Yeah, sure. A lot of guys, you know, can hang their hat on that. But there's not too many, uh, let's say, older guys that have done it for their lifetime. Very, very, very few. And I'm sure there's some out there that I haven't heard. Oh, you know, li- but, listen, uh, but listen. I don't know them personally. There's no question that people are. There's some people listening to this right now, and they're going to take this to the extreme, and they're not taking it for the for the meaning that it's meant, uh, the the level that I'm meaning it at, which is. I'm not saying that you can't do it. And the reason we go through this exercise is because we all want to beat it on a weekly basis and on a monthly basis. Sure. But just know that it's stacked against us in this sport. By the way, James Salinas, we can throw him into that group as well, perhaps, as a modern-day version. Uh, we'll see if pretty James... Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, pretty darn pretty good. Pretty good handicapper. First, yeah. third, no and doubt. 26th in a four-year span, three years out of four in yeah. the Super Contest. Let's do one more here, Chrissy. What do you got? Uh, Cincinnati at Buffalo. Oh, that's not very exciting. Uh, Cincinnati zero yeah. and two, but Buffalo's two and zero. Two and zero is two and zero. They beat the uh, Giants. Excuse me, they beat the Jets in Week One. Then they turn around in the same stadium and beat the Giants. So two road games technically for them in the same stadium. They beat the Giants yesterday, twenty-eight to fourteen. The Giants are dreadful. They really are. Uh, Andy Dalton for the Bengals yesterday, and uh, the Bengals after losing to the Seahawks by a point. In the uh, the first week of the season, Bengals yesterday really got crushed by the Niners, forty-one to seventeen. Andy Dalton, twenty-six of forty-two, three eleven, two touchdowns, one pick, but he was sacked four times. Uh, Boyd was his number one target, ten for one twenty-two, but only twenty-five yards rushing. Getting back to your thing about how many uh, yards are these teams rushing for? Not a lot of balance there. Bengals zero and two for the second time in the last three years. Buffalo penalty train didn't matter. They overcame nine penalties for sixty-five yards. That's their first 2-0 start in five years, just their third in 11 years. And uh, three straight touchdown drives. Now, you remember we talked about this um, with the Cowboys. We'll get to the Cowboys momentarily. But three straight touchdown drives for the Bills in this game of 75, 70, and 98 yards uh, in that game against the Giants. And remember, the Giants uh, gave up five consecutive drives to the Cowboys the previous week of big uh, length as well of, of of long drives in a span between the second and third quarter. So the Giants have been good for that in two weeks. Buffalo exploits that. I'll say it's Buffalo minus three seems a little light. I'll say four. Hey, you're a little light again, Gil. I imagine you're going to be on a lot of favorites or a lot of dogs this week. It's mostly six. I see a couple straight five and a half. That seems like you, a I lot like to me. Five. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think I'd like the five and a half a little bit better. I'm going to put it, it's mostly six. And I expect when I do put it up five and a half, they're going to bet me on the favorite. Um, but that's okay. I, I think, first of all, a couple of things about Buffalo. They beat a Jets team 
who wound up with a ton of injuries the second half. Well, they were down 16 nothing, if I remember correctly. That's correct, And yeah. came back and won 17-16. Mm-hmm. And they beat a really bad Giants team yesterday. And uh, Josh Allen, I know a lot of guys had questions about him coming out of the draft, me included. But a lot of guys were rooting against him, I think, just to probably, I think, go back to that confirmation bias thing, just to prove them, themselves that they were right. But I think the kid's been pretty good. He's been... I think a pleasant surprise. I, you know, I kind of root for all these guys coming out of college just because I want the league to do well. And, uh, but I don't think they deserve to be a six point favorite here, but I think the public will definitely be on Buffalo in this game. That Cincinnati Niner game yesterday, very interesting. Tons of action on that game, which I, you know, I like Cincinnati myself in the game, but it really, lots of opinions both ways. I mean, we had both teams favored in that game. Uh, you know, depending on when you bet it. So uh, a lot of interest in both sides, but I think Cincinnati is better than what they showed yesterday. And I like them in this spot. I think getting six is probably a little bit of a bargain, and uh, that's probably who I'm going to need come Sunday morning, but that's okay. I'll take my chances with Cincinnati. That's the first one I really like. You remember two weeks ago, I had Cincinnati, as as many did, uh, at Seattle. They were catching nine at Seattle. They ended up losing by one. And Seattle, known for their prowess at home, right? And they and they made a game of it. They're six-point dogs here at Buffalo? Uh, I mean, I'll take the yeah. Bengals again. You give me all those points? I mean, the Bengals aren't good, but they're not that bad. I'll, I'll take the Bengals. I'll take those points. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, they have a good defensive line, and it, it didn't show yesterday. It didn't mean much, but, you know, people get too carried away with one week in the NFL. And I think right now, Buffalo, this, this line's a little high. I think we're judging Buffalo off of, uh, you know, a half or a lot of injuries for the Jets, and then they come back and beat a very bad Giants team. So let's not get carried away yet on Buffalo. All right, we'll come back. Got a whole bunch more Week 3 lines to get to, guessing lines with uh, Chrissy. Uh, We'll we'll resume. I'll do a little baseball update. Chrissy, we'll come back. We'll do it at the top of the hour. Let's do that. Guessing lines with Chris Andrews from the South Point here. He's in L.A. We'll do it again, try to extract some value in these lines. Uh, Your first salvo towards handicapping for next week, whether it's contests or just your own bets, teasers, or whatever it might be. It's a numbers game right here at VEASAN. Support for today's podcast, as always, comes from bookmaker.eu, an industry leader for close to 30 years. Pro bettors consider them a must because they're first to post odds, take the highest limits, and the big one, they've never kicked out a winning player. They don't do it. Such a rare commodity these days and such a key, key thing. Bookmaker is a high-volume sports book that best suits to sophisticated players who understand sports betting. also caters to large recreational players as well. And their motto, as always, is where the lines originate. Chances are your sports book follows their line. And because you listen to this podcast, the Beating the Book podcast, you can visit bookmaker.eu slash G-I-L-L. That's bookmaker.eu slash gill. Join and claim an exclusive 100% welcome bonus of up to $300. That's bookmaker.eu slash gill, G-I-L-L, to join and claim your welcome bonus of up to $300. Bookmaker.eu slash gill. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Baseball. We'll get all our baseball uh, guests back on tomorrow. We're on the football schedule. We do guessing lines on Monday. But Paul Spohr, Jason Weingarten will be on the show tomorrow, along with Michael Lombardi and uh, some college football with Pete Futak. But baseball, two weeks left in the season now. Let's do one more game here, Chrissy, for week three guessing lines. Where do you want to go? Uh, Atlanta at Indianapolis. 
Atlanta, we described uh, with that win against the Eagles. They held on yesterday on the big Julio Jones play, uh, fourth and three conversion, where he took it to the house, took it into the tunnel. So Atlanta gets the win last night uh, by the final score of 24 to 20. Um, and um, let's see, 24 to 20, by the way, they were one point closing dogs in that ball game. They're at Indianapolis. Indianapolis gets by, as we mentioned, got by Tennessee by two. Jacoby Brissett did throw a pick. He's very good with the football, but the Colts, 7 of 14 on third down. That was a Frank Reich staple. Remember, Frank Reich was in Philadelphia. We talked about the third down conversions when he was there. Uh, we mentioned Andrew Luck, 11 and 0 against the Titans. Jacoby Brissett picks up where he left off. I think Adam Vinatieri might be retiring today, Chrissy, though. There's that. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. yeah I, think so. I think so, too. Yeah. So that should be interesting. Um, I'll say Indianapolis by a field goal. This seems pretty pretty sort of you know mechanical to me that this should be three i can't imagine it being something else well i see two and a half uh or two and a half with juice on the favorite three with juice on the dog uh i'm gonna open three uh first of all i you know i really you know you know what a big andrew luck fan i was and i think they finally assembled a team around him that was uh kind of complementary to some of the things that he did well and of course he retired this was probably the deepest roster that they've had since he had been there. So I think the team is pretty good. And I think Jacoby Brissett, not bad. Now, that being said, I think Atlanta is a playoff team. I, I, I know they've looked a little shaky in the two games so far this year. I still think they're a playoff team. I think, uh, and I think you may have kind of said the same thing. I think Indianapolis is probably the best team in that division. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to open three. I know they'll take the three. I'm going to take a pretty good size bet before I go to two and a half. And I think it's just one of these where, of course, you know, at the South Point, we don't use juice. Everything's 11 to 10. So uh, we're going to open three. I'm sure they'll take the three. We can go to two and a half. They'll probably lay back to two and a half. But I'm okay needing Indianapolis in this game. I think three is a very good opening number. Okay. Three it is. Indianapolis has led. 12 straight games at the half. And that on the heels of when the year when Jacoby Brissett was replacing Andrew Luck, they led the fourth quarter all the time and ended up 4-12. and 12. They're not the Chiefs, they're not the Patriots, but they might be the tier right below that. We'll come back. More guessing lines with Chrissy on a numbers game at Visa. A numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Guessing lines, week three in the National Football League. It's Gil Alexander, JB. John Brown is kind enough to uh, hang out on Mondays with us. Uh, and Chrissy Andrews, of course, my mishpucha, uh, from L.A. this morning. Um, and hopefully Chrissy will be back here in the studio with us in short time. Uh, Chrissy, can I, re- can I repeat what I just said about the Indianapolis Colts? I know we got about 10 more games to get to, but real quick, yeah. right at the yeah. end of that hour, I just want to point this out to people because I think this is an interesting thing. Uh, the Colts have led, the Colts have led at halftime in 12 straight football games. Now, that might not seem, oh, so what, Gil? They don't win 12 games. But when you, you add that, remember, again, the Jacoby Brissett year where, they, where he replaced Andrew Luck in 2017, they ended up 4-12, and 12, but they led in the fourth quarter all the time. They got torpedoed by horrible play calling. Uh, and then the, the notion that they lead every game now for 12 straight at halftime, I just it's sort of this thing where I don't think people think of the Colts in a way that perhaps they should. This is a really good football team, really good offensive line that the drop-off from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett, probably not as large as people think uh, thought it was. Uh, those of us who had followed Jacoby Brissett and 
had some opinions about Andrew Luck were on the opposite end of that. We kind of knew that it wasn't a monster drop-off. Not to say that Luck wasn't great, but Jacoby Brissett probably a lot better than people thought. But I think it's interesting. When you win, when you are leading that many football games at that point, you set yourself up for success. And I just think that, no, they're not the Patriots and uh, they're not the Chiefs. But I think they're probably the leader in the clubhouse in that division. Maybe I can't even say that because the Texans will have something to say about that, uh, as will the Titans. But I just think they are that tier below. It's a big below. It's a big drop-off from the number two team to the three team in the AFC. I will admit that. But that's interesting to me. 12 straight halftime leads. Yeah, and, you know, I just uh, I remember the the voice of Bill Walsh, you know, when he had some of those great 49er teams. And obviously they had a lot of leads, too. And uh, he said the two most important things were running the football and rushing the passer when you have that big lead. And uh, I think right now, I think Indianapolis certainly can run the ball much better than they could during the Andrew Luck years. And I think their their pass rush is probably a little bit better too. So having a lead is is always a good thing in the NFL. And I always laugh. I say, you know, you have a lead in the NFL. A lot of times the game's almost over. You could be down three touchdowns in in the college game in the fourth quarter, and you're still like right in it. You know, it's just a whole different game. You know, but uh, I think they're going to be. I think they are a pretty good team. And I think that, uh, you know, you know, I'm a huge Andrew Luck fan. So obviously I think there's a, a drop off, but uh, yeah, they finally had a good team around him. And uh, I think Jacoby Brissett will uh, capitalize on that. And I think, you know, the kid's pretty good. He's not bad. In Seinfeld terminology, the Colts can take a reservation. The question is, can they hold that reservation? <laughs> I think is where we're getting at. Yeah, I think they can hold a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. I think they can. All right, let's move on. Let's do some more here. What do you got? Still early games, Oakland, I would imagine. Uh, we're still on early games, right? Oakland at Minnesota. Are we still doing that thing like we did yesterday with like 10 early games and three late games? I hate that. I hate oh, that they I do, do this. Although the three late games are all pretty good. Well, at least on paper going into the day. All right. uh, so that that I thought was okay. But 10 was too much in my Let me see. One, two, four, five, six, seven, eight early games this week. All right, not eight. as bad. Oakland at Minnesota, interconference game. I'm just going to say it's Minnesota by a touchdown up front. Oakland, we already described, they had a 10 nothing lead against the Chiefs, and then just a torrent, a, a Patrick Mahomes casual 28-point quarter uh, sunk the Raiders. Nobody scored in the second half. By the way, if you had the, uh, the over in that game, you probably feel like you just absolutely got hoodwinked by the scoreless second half. Um, so that's Oakland's story. They're one and one. They beat the Broncos the first week. Minnesota, who crushed Atlanta the first week with Kirk Cousins only dropping back 11 times and throwing 10 passes. Uh, here's an interesting tweet from Krauser. Uh, uh, what does that say? Krauser FIC right there, uh, JB? Is that what that says? Or Krauserific, I think is the. Oh, Krauserific. I'm sorry. I couldn't see it that small. Uh, the Vikings, this is the Vikings game against the Green Bay Packers yesterday, which they lost 21 to 16. The Vikings put up 7.0 yards per play and allowed 4.9 yards per play, but lost. There have only been 13 games in the last 10 years in the NFL with the losing team gaining over 7 yards per play and the winning team fewer than 5 yards per play. Of those 13 games, Kirk Cousins has been the losing quarterback in three of them since 2013. And Krauser goes on to say kryptonite. Now, for those of us who are Washington Redskins fans and have seen every game that Kirk Cousins has ever played, we're all nodding and we're all going, yes, preach. This is what he does. He fills up a stat sheet 
and then makes one egregious, if not more egregious errors in crunch time than anybody I've ever seen. And yesterday, it was the unforgivable throw away that he didn't throw away. And it got picked in the back of the end zone, and the Vikings were getting rolled. I mean, these were rolling the Packers at that point. Uh, Dalvin Cook was just doing whatever he wanted to do, and that was it. Uh, they couldn't win. They couldn't cover. And uh, if you were a uh, Packers backer, you had to feel real fortunate about that. Uh, the Vikings, eight penalties, 100 yards, four turnovers. Kevin King picking off that ball late in the fourth quarter in the back of the end zone. Um, just a great stat there by Krauser, but that's his story. But I think the Vikings are seven-point favorites here against the Raiders. I think a touchdown is right. Uh, you're a little light again. I think eight, a couple of seven and a half. I, I think eight's a good number. Um, you know, Oakland, I think uh, they are what we thought they were, you know, to, to paraphrase Danny Green. And I think Minnesota kind of makes amends. You know, that, that is an impressive stat sheet. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to, uh, make that egregious error to come back to haunt them in, in this particular spot. You know, Oakland now going on the road, uh, and they got a long road in front of them next uh, quite a few games. I forget what the number is, but they won't be home again for a while. And uh, I think that uh, that probably has to be in the back of their minds a little bit. But I think Minnesota coming off that game where they easily could have won, certainly should have covered. I think eight's a good place to start. Okay. I'm hitting the front of the rim on everything today, Chrissy. In the front of the room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 20 carries, 154, and a touchdown yesterday. Dalvin Cook is the real deal. Uh, and this last thing, uh, last thing about Kirk Cousins. Since 2015, 44 fumbles. Not even kidding. I'm not Jeez. making that up. 44 wow. fumbles since 2015. Nah, I dropped the mic and I walk out of the room on that. All right, what's the next one? The Jets at New England. Okay, so we haven't seen the Jets this week. They're uh, they're hosting the Browns tonight. Jeff Parlay, producer number five, in the house for that one. Again, it'll be Trevor Simeon. We don't know if we're getting Sam Darnold back for the, this game against the Patriots or not. Uh, I'm not sure it matters. Patriots just absolutely uh, crush again yesterday. Uh, Patriots uh, beat the Dolphins, and um, they beat them by the score of 43-0. to that coming off their 33-3 to win over the Steelers the previous Sunday night. I believe that's 76-3 to by my addition right there. Uh, combined yeah. score. A.B., Antonio Brown. He was allowed to play. Four catches, 56 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, the Patriots scored twice on interception returns in two-minute span in the fourth quarter. Um, they basically, their defense outscored Miami um, with those interception returns. 54 yards by Stephon Gilmore. Uh, 69 yards by Jamie Collins. Patriots had seven sacks, four picks. Stephen Goskowski, he missed two extra points in a 48-yarder. What is going on uh, with these with these kickers? Um, New England hosting the Jets. Again, there's probably not a line because the Jets haven't played. But, I mean, can it be lower than 14 and a half or something like that? Oh, no, no. There, there is lines out there. Um you're hitting the front of the rim again, my friend. It's uh, 17 and a half and 18. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to go with 17 and a half. Um, I don't think we're going to see Sam Darnold next week. I can't imagine a doctor clearing him to play this quickly after mononucleosis. You know, I mean, I know it usually takes at least a month. I mean, you know, he's a big, strong kid. No, probably a lot more healthy than your average guy that gets mono, but I don't see, but you know, we'll see what happens tonight. You know, we kind of, 
Yeah, we have a little bit uh, in our memory banks about Trevor Simeon. I'm, I'm not expecting a great game out of the Jets tonight. But 17 and a half, eh, I, think, I think that's a pretty good number. I'll tell you, I don't know who wants to stand in front of this New England train right now because they are pretty darn good. Plus, even in the game yesterday, uh, Bilicek's uh, calling pass plays in the fourth quarter. So, you know, he's not one to uh, step off the gas at any time. And I don't think he'll do it against a division opponent either. So, you know, last week when we did this on Guessing Lines, I guessed 17 and a half Patriots at the Dolphins. And you told me at the time, remember, it was 16 and yeah. a half at the time. And then it yeah. soared to me and then passed me. So it's not like yeah. I it's not like I underrate the Patriots, but that was against the Dolphins, and I get it was on the road, but it's the Dolphins. The Dolphins could be historically bad. The notion that fourteen and a half at home against the Jets is like ridiculously low by a field goal. Um I don't know that I would rush to lay the seventeen and a half against the Jets. I really don't, because I could see Belichick just going real vanilla and um they're not the Dolphins. The Jets might not be good. But the Dolphins are their own level. Um, so that's interesting. 17 and a half in favor of the Patriots. I, I barely grazed the rim on that one, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> let's, let's do I might have just hit the net. What, what, what's next? Speaking of the Dolphins, uh, the Dolphins at Dallas. Okay. So now what you just said about the Patriots and now what I just said about the Dolphins. I have to rethink what I was going to say because I was going to say Dallas by 18 and a half, but that's going to be short. There's no way it's 18 and a half. That's got to be teetering on three touchdowns. If it, I'll say 20 and a half or 20. I'll say 20 and a half because I had 18 and a half. But Miami, minus 92 point differential in their first two games. They lost 102 to 10 if you add the Ravens and the Patriots games together. Uh, yesterday, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I guess I know it's against the Patriots, but 11 of 21 for 89, no touchdowns, three picks, four sacks. Josh Rosen in relief. Um, seven. What is seven? I, got, I messed up the stat here. Uh, 97 yards passing, no touchdowns, one pick, three sacks. 100, they had 184 total yards. Let's just leave it at that. The Dolphins had 184 total yards. And listen how the Cowboys. So Dak had a perfect rating last week. And then he turns around. Remember last week against the Giants, there was the 93, 83, 75, 89, excuse me, 75 yard drive, 93, 83, 75, 89, five consecutive possessions. Then yesterday against the Skins, 97, 83, and 75 consecutively. Dak was 26 of 30 for 269, three touchdowns. He now has the most games with a 90 QBR, 90 total QBR or higher. 10 since 2016. No one else has more than seven in that span. And he added 69 yards on the ground yesterday. Zeke, 23 of 111 with a touchdown. The Cowboys' first four games end up being the Giants and the Redskins, the dregs of the NFC East. They get Miami this week, and then they're going to get the Saints without Drew Brees, probably, in week four. Damn you, Cowboys. So I'll say (laughs) say 20 and a half, and I wouldn't be surprised if you tell me it's I'm going to be short again. You're a little short. It's 21. And uh, once again, God, I don't see him beating down the doors of that Miami in this one. So we're going to open 21. By the way, we went to 19 and a half on the Patriots with our high water mark yeah. on the Patriots. And we did have the wise guys come in. I mean, it's a pretty big play on Miami plus 19 and a half and plus 19. Really as far as straight bets goes, 
Uh, we got evened up on that game. Uh, of course, all the parlays and everything else were on New England, as you would expect. But, um, boy, I'll tell you what, it's going to take a lot of wood to, to bet on Miami this week. And uh, I see some 21 and a halves out there. I have a feeling we're going to wind up getting there. So I'm going to open 21 and see what they want to do with it. I mean, that's just a big, big number. Big number. But you remember last week when I said when it, when you said it was sixteen and a half, and I said give me the Patriots all day, and you said well the wise yeah. guys will probably be yeah. on Miami, and I said I go yeah. if they're on Miami, that's just muscle memory, and that's just yeah. too cool for school. The Miami Dolphins are a league apart. Anybody who's betting on them and at twenty one, like there's nothing they have shown to indicate that they are a professional football outfit at this point. And Dallas is just rolling. So I don't know how you – I mean, look, if you're in a contest and you're not betting real money, maybe you take the 21. But if you're – I'm talking about, like, real money bets. That's the currency I'm dealing in. Are you really going really to bet the Dolphins at that number? I don't think you can. 21. Uh, wow. It's almost impossible to bet on them. It really is. But 21, I mean, that's a, that's a mountain to climb in the NFL. It really is. And it deserves to be stated that, like, this this does not exist before this year. There were not tw- – like, what's – I mean, if you if there was a 21-point spread, it was a historical spread. Now every time the Dolphins take the field away against a good team, this is going to come up every time. Um, okay, I can remember one game. Uh, Steve Young's 49ers right. playing the Cincinnati Bengals when Shula – David Shula, I guess, was the coach – Cincinnati was about this bad, probably a little better than Miami. But uh, Niners were, I think, a twenty, about a twenty-one point favorite, twenty or twenty-one, right in there. Depends on where you bet it and at what time. And Cincinnati covered that number fairly easily, if I recall correctly. But uh, maybe one of our uh, Vsin uh, analytics guys could look that up. But you know, Niners, and I, mean, I want to say about maybe ninety. 93-ish, somewhere around there. You know, the Niners with Steve Young, one of those great Steve Young teams that can really put up some points. But think about that, Chrissy. That's how far you have to go back. And here we are, week two at home, they're 19-and-a-half-point dogs. Week three on the road, three touchdowns. Jeez. Yeah, this was in San Francisco. This was in San Francisco. Yeah. All right, let's do one more here before the break. Uh, The Giants at Tampa Bay. (laughs) Tampa Bay on extra rest. Uh, if you want to, if you want to listen to a dissertation on the final drive of that Carolina Tampa Bay game, see it on uh, Vison.com, the Vison app. Uh, go to a numbers game on uh, on Friday segment two. Sort of broke that down. Uh, Tampa Bay's one and one. The Giants are zero and two. And we already talked about them. They're dreadful. I mean, Saquon, eighteen carries, one hundred seven yards, but it's like a tree yeah. falling in the forest. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, they were three of twelve on third down. Where the Giants in the first two weeks of the season on third downs. They're 5 of 23 for 21.7%. Tampa Bay, by the way, they were 2 of 12 on third down in victory on Thursday. They also 12 penalties, the Bucks for 66 yards. Um, not much to say here. Tampa Bay's going to be a uh, – I'm short on this again. Tampa Bay's a six-point favorite, are they, here against the Giants? A little short. Six and a half. Six and a half. All right, six almost hit that one. Yeah, I, I can't be with that. I mean, who wants to let the Giants? But, I mean, you want to lay points with Tampa Bay? No, I really don't. No, yeah. me neither. Because Jameis will they'll make a mistake here or there. Um, we'll come back. We'll do more. We've got a whole bunch more to get to. 
Uh, it is week three of the National Football League. Maybe I'll actually hit one of these this week. It's Gil. It's Chrissy. It's a numbers game right here at Visa. Welcome back to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. Everybody, don't begin the football season or don't continue it or any sports season, as a matter of fact, without downloading the exciting new BetMGM app. First-time players can make their first bet completely risk-free up to $500. And the same guys that bring you Atlantic City's premier hotel and casino We'll be with you all season long with a wide variety of betting options and easy deposit and withdrawal methods. Just download the app and use bonus code VSIN500 at sign up to get your $500 risk-free bet. That's bonus code VSIN500 to place your first bet MGM wager risk-free. You can sign up anywhere, but, and here's the key, you got to be in the state of New Jersey to place a bet. BetMGM, it's how you play the game. Download the app today. Must be 21 years of age or older. New Jersey only. Restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's the BetMGM app, available in all app stores. It's Gil Alexander. It's Chrissy Andrews, the director of the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook here on the tip of the strip. Um, Chrissy, I uh, just want to point this out. John Brown done a wonderful job. We were just talking about this Cowboys-Dolphins spread, which is at 21 points this coming weekend at Dallas. There are six spreads in, mo- <clears throat> excuse me, in modern football history that are larger than the current 21. Now, we'll see where this game closes. But at the, uh, at the number 21, in ascending order, here are the six games. And you tell me if you, rem- <laughs> if you remember these offhand, Chris, because the one you just mentioned is in that group. Uh, Patriots-Dolphins in 2007, the Patriots were 22-point favorites in that game. Um, So another Tom Brady team. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, I I do kind of remember that one. That was that year that they – I remember that I was – you know, I I, I did step in front of that New England train a couple of times, and I remember finally winning when they played Philadelphia. I took 17 the first half against Philadelphia. Okay, these are going crazy now. But, yeah, I kind of remember that one. Okay, go ahead. By the way, the Patriots won that game 28-7, to falling a point short of the uh, 22-point closing spread uh, in uh, okay. 2007. That was a home game in New England late in the season. That Remember, that's the year that New England went undefeated until the Super Bowl. So 22-point yeah. uh, right. spread. They fall one point short there. 1977. Now, a couple of these have to do with the, the futility of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at that time. Right. Uh, Cowboys right. were 23-point favorites over the Buccaneers in 1977. Cowboys-Buccaneers, 1977. Um, 23-point I don't quite remember that one. I don't quite remember that. And that was. I think course, there's one in there with the Steelers. There is. Ahead. That's coming up. By the way, the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. Um, they ended up playing a playoff game a couple years ago. That's how amazing uh, uh, that was. But remember, that was when the Bucks were 0 and 26 to start their first two seasons before they won two games uh, at the end of the year. But by the way, the Cowboys 23 point favorites in that game. They ended up winning 23 to seven. So they didn't cover either. Then there's the Falcons and the Niners in 1987. The, fi- uh, the Niners were 23-and-a-half-point favorites uh, in that ball game, 1987. That was obviously one of the uh, great uh, Joe Montana years. That was the year that the Redskins won the Super Bowl in a strike season. The Niners got upset in the playoffs by Anthony Carter and the Vikings. Uh, 49ers-Bengals, third-highest spread of all time. This was 1993. 49ers were 24-point favorites in that ball game. Wow. Okay. Second highest 
Denver Jacksonville from just uh, Ah. 2013. That was a Peyton Manning team that were 26-point favorites uh, over the Jacksonville Jaguars. They ended up winning by 16, 35 to 19. Chad Henney was your quarterback for the uh, Jaguars in that game. And then the highest one of highest one of all time, 1976, Steelers and the Bucks. So the Steelers are in the midst of winning Super Bowls. The Bucks are in the midst of being historically futile. Uh, Steelers were 27 point favorites, and the Steelers won 42 to nothing. Your your quarterback. Well, I, that, I do remember that one, and you know, back then totals weren't all that popular. So what was it? 27 was the number. 27, yeah. I think the total was like 35. <laughs> that's so, great. And I'm not kidding. I think that's about what it was. I'm not joking. I don't know if you have records of that. Like I said, not everybody used totals back then. But I think for those that did, that was the total. Starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that day, Steve Spurrier. Just want to point that out. Ooh, what was yeah. the game that you came up last segment? What was the, the matchup that you remembered? Uh, the Niners and the Bengals. The Niners and I, Bengals. I got the year right, 93. I thought it was 21, but I guess 24 is probably more 24, accurate. that was the third eyes ball. So six I games. I have a story that didn't make the book that is about that that particular game. Oh, do you, do you want to tell that next week, maybe? Maybe next week we could go into that. Because okay. I don't have it quite prepared, and it's a little too long, and we're going to run out of time. All right. right. Let's move on to the next game. So six games, just establishing what we were just going through. Six games with larger spreads. That's it. That's the list. Then this Cowboys-Dolphins game this weekend. Man, wait till the Patriots host the Dolphins. That's still to come. <laughs> yeah. That's going to make that yeah. list as well. All right, what do you got? What's next? Carolina at Arizona. Carolina at Arizona. Carolina's 0-2. Arizona's 0-1-1. Kyler Murray, not the worst of the worst. Kyler Murray comporting himself very well. 25 of 40 for 349. No touchdowns, no picks. He's the second quarterback ever with 300-plus yards his first two games. If you remember, Cam Newton, I think, went 400-400 his first two games. Uh, but Murray, uh, four-play, 79-yard touchdown drive to make it 20-17 to against the Ravens uh, in the fourth quarter with 12.52 remaining yesterday. They got close, uh, didn't get it done, but, you know, they, they showed life. Christian Kirk, six for 114. Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald, five for 104. They were two of 11 on third down. They couldn't matriculate when it mattered. And then Carolina's going to be on extra rest, and Cam just doesn't look that good. By the way, here's a note from Football Perspective, FBG Chase. Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals, this was yesterday. They're now the first team since the NFL moved the goalpost in 1974 to attempt three field goal attempts in a game while trailing from inside the five-yard line. Yeah. I thought Cliff yeah. Kingsbury was supposed to be progressive. By the way, I think it was a fourth wow. and one from the four and fourth and goals from the three and two field goals each time. Hmm. I read somebody on Twitter. I, I wish I could credit who it was. And, and they think that Kingsbury just doesn't want to be accused of being a quote-unquote college coach. Interesting. I'll say yeah. Carolina minus three on the road. Yeah, it's two and a half and three. Uh, three with juice on the dog, two and a half juice on the favorite. I'm going to open two and a half and get a bet on Carolina. You know, you know, Kyler Murray, I'm still not bullish on this guy long term. I just think he's just too little to take a lot of these hits that he's going to wind up getting. Although he does know how to avoid them. I get, I'll give him that credit. Uh, but, I, you know, boy, Cam just does not look right. 
I'm going to open two and a half. I'm sure they'll bet me up, but I'm going to take a bet on Carolina minus a two and a half. I'm not sure they deserve to be much a, a three point road favorite anywhere. Well, except in Miami. Are we in you the know, afternoon against Arizona? Are we in the afternoon yeah, games? The, that's the second one o'clock game. Tampa was the first one o'clock. Oh, game. okay. All right. All right. Let's do one more. Let's let's finish with the afternoon games. What do you got? Okay, New Orleans at Seattle, and now that's coming out that uh, Drew Brees will not play. Matter of fact, he's getting surgery on his thumb. He looks to be out maybe up to six weeks. Jeez. So Teddy Bridgewater for the Saints. And Teddy Bridgewater did not look particularly good yesterday, but he didn't, you know, he was thrust into the role. Yeah, I got to tell you, I loved Teddy Bridgewater when he was in Minnesota. I thought there was a great signing by New Orleans. But he had two games in the regular season with extensive playing time, and he has not looked good in either one of them, including yesterday. But yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to judge too quickly on two games because one was at the end of last season, kind of like a mop up. Uh, he started, but it was kind of a mop up uh, portion of the season. And then he got kind of thrown in yesterday, so I don't want to judge him too harshly off of that. But he has not looked good, and this is a kid I really, really liked a lot. For a long time, you know the other thing about uh, you know we talked about all the penalties, but the, just the the injection of of refs left and right. Uh, Bridgewater, by the way, seventeen of thirty yesterday for one sixty five, no touchdowns, no picks. The the Saints, another one of these teams, eleven penalties, eighty seven yards. It's the theme of the day. Breeze left late in the first quarter, thumb injury. He was throwing the ball. Aaron, he's, his right hand, his throwing hand, hit Aaron Donald's awkwardly, and you could tell it was serious. Yeah. Same way you could tell with Big yeah. Ben with his elbow. Right. Uh, yesterday against the Seahawks, both injuries looked very serious. So that was the end of Drew Brees. And as Chrissy just reported, could be a while now. Could be six weeks uh, for Drew Brees. He saw a hand specialist last night in L.A., and that is the result, getting surgery. Uh, New Orleans didn't score an offensive touchdown for only the fourth time in 13-plus seasons under Coach Sean Payton. Of course, much of that, if not all of that, having to do with Brees' departure. And the big thing in this game, I mean, it just had to happen, Right. All of these rules, all of these challenging of PIs and challenges of non-calls, all stemming from uh, the Nikhil Roby Coleman play in the uh, game in the playoffs last year between the Rams and the Saints. And of all the games for the refs to mess up, it had to happen yesterday. Cameron Jordan of the Saints had a long fumble return for a touchdown. He got wiped out in the second quarter. The play initially was ruled an incomplete pass before video review determined that Goff had fumbled. But Jordan's long return didn't count because officials had blown the play dead. Don't do that anymore. We have replay, for God's sakes. And so the Saints got screwed again. And I don't know if it would have changed the outcome, but it could have changed the outcome. You know what I mean? It might have. Yeah. It might have. It's early in the game. You know, it's a whole different game at that point. Sure is. Saints, uh, Saints by the way, are going to stay on the West Coast, If those were, for those who are wondering. They are, they're playing at Seattle. So they were, for, they were in L.A. yesterday. They're going to stay on the West Coast to face the Seahawks on Sunday. The Seahawks get it done over what was largely the Mason Rudolph-led Steelers yesterday when Big Ben went out with the, with the elbow injury. And let me just say this. Again, trying very hard to be honest about one's bets. I had the Steelers. This I didn't lose this because Big Ben went out. The Steelers were actually better with Mason Rudolph. It was not his fault they lost this game. They just couldn't get the Seahawks off the field. And, uh, you know, Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. He had three great scrambles on their last drive, Seattle's last drive, um, helped drain the final 534 off the clock. And... Um, you know, I will say this. There was a play in that game where there was no flag called on a big third and 20. 
and uh, then it was challenged, and then they called a P.I. on Pittsburgh. That was a massive play in this game. Pittsburgh shot themselves in the foot, though, a few times. Uh, that's another story. I would say Seattle, I mean, it's Bridgewater, so we don't, I mean, yeah. this has got to be at least a touchdown, right? I mean, I would start it at minus seven. I would say, I'll just say minus seven. Yeah, I, I only see one line, and I actually agree with it. Seattle's four and a half, and that's from uh, my friend Nick Bogdanovich at William Hill. I, I kind of agree with that number. I thought it'd be about four and a half with Bridgewater. Uh, you know, I listen, I don't know if I've really talked much about it on this show. I'm not the biggest Drew Brees fan in the world. I think he's really, really good. But, you know, you compare him with Brady and Manning and those guys like during the course of his career, I don't think he was quite up to that level. And I, I still, I, like I said, I hate to sell Bridgewater short. His last two games, not been very good. You give him a week to work with Sean Payton, who I think is very, very good as a coach. And I think they do have a lot of weapons there. I, I just have a hunch he'll be okay this week. So it's four and a half, uh, and that's when I'm going to open. And they might come in on it and uh, expect somebody's going to have some sort of opinions. They always seem to have them. And uh, I'm going to open four and a half, though. I agree with that number. I think that's a good number. Seems very light to me. Uh, Jadavian Clowney okay. and company going to gonna... – feast i think on in this game should be interesting uh teddy bridgewater as you say will have a week to prepare knowing that he is the that he will be the guy in this um we shall see on that one russell wilson and the seahawks you're saying four and a half is the opening number i would have had that at a touchdown uh in this game without drew Brees. let's do uh do we have any more afternoon games let's do one more if we have one more uh two more two more all right let's Uh, do it houston at the chargers houston at the chargers texans get by the Jaguars, and I do mean get by. Um, eighth straight game for the Texans. This is an interesting stat. Eighth straight game in which Deshaun Watson has been sacked at least four times. That's not good. That dude gets banged up. Yeah, um, he does. Yeah, uh, and it's not like Laramie Tunzel is helping, really, uh, in that trade with the Dolphins. So 62 times. That's how many times Watson was sacked last year at NFL high 62 times. Um, but he is on pace to exceed that already. Um, so they get by. Jacksonville attempts the two-point conversion down one. Doesn't get. Leonard Fournette is uh, stopped short by Justin Reed. Um, six red zone turnovers for the Chargers, though, since the start of 2018, and they were plagued again by it yesterday. They had nine penalties for 70 yards, the Chargers. Two horrible turnovers, the one from Austin Eckler at the one-yard line. Phillip Rivers threw a bad one. Uh, two missed field goals. Their punter is is their place kicker right now. And even though Eckler with one thirty three from scrimmage, that fumble was huge in this game. So the Chargers just did Chargers things yesterday. It was Patricia against against um, Anthony Lynn. It didn't go the Chargers' way. It's so predictable with this team. The Chargers just snatched defeat from the jaws of victory in ways that other franchises don't seem to do it as consistently. Um, so it's Houston at the Chargers. I mean, I guess the Chargers are three-point favorites because I just don't know what else to make this. Yeah, three with juice on the favorite, three-and-a-half with juice on the dog. I'm going to open three. Uh, This is a tough one, I think, because I'm not a big believer in either team, but I don't think the Chargers have much of a home-field advantage here. Uh, They play in front of, what, 23,000 people or something like that. Um, You know, I think it's just – it's not a great spot for either one of them. 
You know, so I think I'm going to open three. They'll probably bet me up to three and a half, you know, because these guys just can't resist it. Three minus 110. You know, so they'll probably bet me up. And I'm sure I'm going to play that little dance all week, three, three and a half. But, uh, you know, wherever they put me in this game, I guess is where I'm going to be because I don't have much faith in either one of them. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I think three is a good place to start with this game. I ask a question at the end of my Megapod with uh, Mike Palm and uh, Todd Wishnev. One of the two questions is, which is the game, if you had to bet a side in every single game on the upcoming slate, but you got one free pass. Let's say you lived in a bizarre world. You were forced to bet a side, but one game free pass. This has to be that game. Houston <laughs> at the Chargers. Like, how? Uh, where's the edge here? You know, I don't know what you get from these teams on a week-to-week basis. Very tough to, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. This, this is a tough one. I, that's why I think we got to start at three and, you know, wherever they take me, they take me. But I think that's a good place to start. All right, let's do the last day game here. What's the other afternoon game? This is a tough one. Pittsburgh at San Francisco. And uh, they're going to decide this morning whether uh, Roethlisberger needs surgery. Obviously, he doesn't want it. But, uh, you know, when, they, when you're looking at an elbow on your throwing arm, it does not portend well for Pittsburgh, for Roethlisberger. Uh, whether they decide to operate or not. So I'm assuming he's out at this point. Um, I, you know, right now, again, I only see one number. I only see William Hill. Uh, when we get to on the break, I'm going to try to look for some other numbers here. But uh, I, I don't think it's good news for Roethlisberger. But, Gil, you mentioned it the last segment. There's a lot of problems on Pittsburgh besides just Mason Rudolph. Yeah. I thought he looked okay myself and the rest of the team. Uh, you know, I don't know. The defense looks bad. The offense certainly, uh, you know, missing two all pros. And uh, I didn't think they'd miss them that much because they had two guys that stepped in pretty good last year. But they are definitely missing them, I can tell you that. They got, they got a lot of holes on this team right now. Rudolph was 12 of 19, two touchdowns, one pick yesterday in relief of Big Ben. It looked like one of these injuries, too. And I don't know if there was contact that, that initiated the pain, but it, it almost the way he was holding it, it reminds yeah. one of a pitcher in baseball who knows that he blew out his arm, right? He knows that he's destined yeah. for Tommy John surgery. It looked bad, and he looked like he's in a lot of pain. 37 years old for Big Ben um, in Pittsburgh. Well, I, mean, I, I hate to interrupt, but let me just Please. throw this in for old Pittsburgh guys like me. You remember Terry Bradshaw was 33, and he hurt that elbow, and uh, he was never the same. And he, I think he wound up retiring at the end of that season. And uh, that, that's what this uh, this injury reminded me of. Because I don't think he got hit either. I think he just blew out his arm, you know, and it's had a lot of wear and tear over the years. But uh, I, I don't think it was good news for Roethlisberger. Jeez. Jimmy G for the Niners, uh, who host the Steelers next week. Uh, the Niners are 2-0 and after yeah. beating the uh, – the Bengals yesterday and the Bucks the week before, courtesy of two pick sixes. Pittsburgh now 0-2 after getting thrashed by New England and then beat yesterday by Seattle. Jimmy G, 17 of 25 for the Niners yesterday. 297 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Matt Breida, 12 carries, 121 yards. He had 10.1 yards per carry, did Breida. The Niners, 572 total yards of offense, 291 of which were in the first half. They gained 259 yards on the ground, 6.2 yards per carry. Again, with the penalties, though, 9 for 75. Um, first back-to-back road wins for the Niners since 1989. That's hard to believe. And they also, by the way, uh, with the Steelers, rather than return 
Oh, excuse me. The, what the Niners did, we just talked about it, that the, uh, that the Saints are staying on the West Coast. The Niners just did that. They, they are just returning to the West Coast now. They stayed on the East Coast after that Tampa Bay game. They were in Youngstown, Ohio, before this game against the Bengals. So now they're headed back to the West Coast. So a lot of these teams opting sort of stay geographically where consecutive games are. Um, Mason Rudolph, I would imagine it's him. And I would imagine the Niners should be about four-and-a-half-point favorites if it's him. I got your number for this game that you said was going to be the Seattle game. Well, you're a little light here again. Uh, it's six, but like I said, I only see one number. Um, I, I think that's a little high myself. So I'm going to go, when we're on the break here, I'm going to go try to find some other numbers. Um, right now, I only see William Hill has it up six. I, I do think that's a shade high because, like I said, is the drop-off from Roethlisberger to Rudolph big? Yeah, it is. It is. Let's not kid ourselves. It is. But I think uh, there's more problems than just Ben Roethlisberger. And let's see if Pittsburgh can come off the mat being 0-2. You know, this is going to be a huge, huge game for them. And, uh, you know, an 0-2 team at a 2-0 team, I think if you look back historically, and that 0-2 team is going to cover an awful lot of, of those numbers. Uh, you know, and I think that I think that might be a case here, and I think six is probably a little bit too high. But I'm going to go. I, I don't want to announce what I'm going to open again because I think I got a. If, if I see lower, I'm going to open lower. Okay, we'll come back. We'll do the two primetime games Sunday night, Monday night, week three guessing lines with Chris Andrews right here on a numbers game at Veasan. Welcome back to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. So here's what I like so far, Chrissy. Talking to Chris Andrews, of course. You can follow him on Twitter, at Andrews Sports. And the name of the book, once again, available at Amazon, Then One Day. Chris's uh, 40-year career in bookmaking, Then One Day, available at Amazon, where all books are sold. Uh, What I like so far here, Chris, then, Cincinnati, based on the number, because I think Cincinnati Mm -hmm. catching all those points. uh, What did you say the number was against... um, Against uh, Buffalo, I'm going to open five and a half, but it's mostly six. Yeah, give me give me six. If I can get six on Cincinnati, I like that. Then the other ones are not really line value so much as I just you know because I was right around the number. Philadelphia, I'll I'll happily lay you know points. I had six and a half against Detroit. I'll take the Doug Peterson versus Matt Patricia um, <laughs> uh, line there. What did you end up opening that one up, up again as? Well, I said seven and a half, but I see sevens now. Yeah. Um, primarily I'm going to open seven. I like that number better. So that I'm one, came, open seven. that one came to me a little bit, came a half point my way. Didn't yeah. go through the seven yet. KC's the yeah. other one. I kind of just, you know, like what, how am I not going to feel good betting on the chiefs every week? And they're at home. I know they're against the yeah. Ravens, but I like the chiefs. And then the fourth one, which is almost like this mechanical thing is, should should we all just be betting against the Dolphins, period, every single week? I mean, Dallas is 21 points. We just called it the seventh highest spread in history. I'm not so sure I don't I'm not gonna consider that. The one that I'm the one that I'm most incredulous about, though, is the Patriots one. I had 14 and a half, and you telling me the Patriots are 17 and a half point favorites against the Jets. Yeah. That just blows my yeah. mind on that one. Of course, we haven't seen the Jets tonight. Maybe I, my mind won't be so blown after the Trevor Simeon <laughs> show tonight. Uh, let's do Sunday night. What's the Sunday night game? Sunday night, Rams at Cleveland. Rams at Cleveland. So Cleveland hasn't played yet. They played tonight against the Jets. Again, right. six and a half point right. uh, road favorites. And the Rams, a little more of Gurley yesterday in that win over the uh, Saints. But again, yeah. they did it against the non-Drew Brees Saints team. Gurley, 16 of 63 with a touchdown. Uh, three catches, four yards. Rams by four and a half, let's say, as a placeholder. 
have three with juice on the dog. God, people so, love uh, the Barreros. They still love them. And, uh, you know, I'm in some contests with stale numbers, and I laid two and a half and even pick them in one contest. But uh, just because it's a line value, but, uh, boy, they're even laying the six and a half tonight. And I would be awful careful, I can tell you that. Not that, not that I love the Jets, but I would be awful careful. But people loving this Browns team, they really do. I'm going to open three. Good open three. And that seems a little light. Yeah, of course, uh, that'll be affected by what we see tonight. Um, barring sure. injuries and by an outlying performance, we shall see. All right, four and a half. I'm not sure I would. Uh, let's, I'll watch the Browns before I commit to that one. We'll come back. We'll do the Monday night game to wrap it up. Week three, guessing lines on a numbers game at Visa. Welcome back to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. So uh, Chrissy just brought it up with Drew Brees. That was reported first by ESPN's Adam Schefter that Drew Brees is expected to undergo thumb surgery uh, as early as today. That could sideline him about six weeks. So bad news for uh, Saints fans and Saints backers in uh, season wins or futures, perhaps. Uh, He will be back, though, at some point this season. Not the case for Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, ben Just Roethlis- coming across now. Yeah. yeah. Andrew Siciliano reporting, and it's a very succinct tweet. Ben Roethlisberger is out for the season. Dunzo. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm reading a lot of them here as I was checking out on the break. Uh, it's being reported widely now, Schefter and a lot of my Pittsburgh connections. Yeah, out for the season. And uh, listen, what is it, 37? Bad elbow? Yeah. We may have seen the last of, uh, of Ben Roethlisberger very easily. Yeah. Yeah, that it. it uh, yeah, he had a great career. You know, he really two Super Bowl wins, and uh, you know, to quote uh, Chuck Noll, it might be time for his life's work. Might be time for I'm his life's work. Um, according yeah. to Adam Schefter, Ben Roethlisberger underwent an MRI on his right elbow that revealed he will need season-ending surgery this week. He will be placed on IR. Um, man, so the NFL landscape changes uh, very quickly with the developments yeah. from yesterday to uh, obviously uh, well-known names, great Super Bowl uh, champions of the past. Drew Brees will be back at some point this year. Ben Roethlisberger and Pittsburgh yeah. will not. The Mason-Rudolph <laughs> era perhaps has begun. We shall anyway, see. Anyway, let me interject again. I mean, the, the Mason-Rudolph, who I think is pretty good, but he beat out Joshua Dobbs for that number two spot. Then Dobbs got traded this past week to Jacksonville. So right now they'll be looking for a backup quarterback. They had Dobbs, who I thought was pretty good, uh, not not an NFL starter, but a pretty good backup. Were anything to happen, but uh, he's no longer with the team. He's with Jacksonville, so they're probably uh, you know ruining the day that they did that. But uh, they're going to be looking for another backup quarterback. Uh, you know, so we'll see what happens out there. But looks like it's Mason Rudolph's team at this point. Yeah, we close it out with the Monday night game next week. Hard to transition from that to this, but uh, yeah, I happen to know what the Monday night matchup is because it involves my Redskins. <laughs> uh, the yeah, O and two. Chicago at Washington. Yeah, Chicago at Washington. Uh, the Bears um, one and one after their uh, dramatic win over the Broncos yesterday, as we described it. Yeah. Imagine the Bears could have been O and two giving up 24 total points if they don't make that field goal yesterday. Imagine that. Yeah. They, would, they could have been 0-2 having only given up 24 points. Uh, they're at the Redskins. The Redskins are 0-2. The Redskins did what they did, uh, not as dramatically. They were up 17-0 on Philly. They did look good early against the Cowboys yesterday before the Cowboys ran them off the field. The Skins are the Skins. They're so six. They're such a 6-10 team. Um, I would imagine the Bears are favorite, and I would imagine it's probably a tick more than a field goal, maybe 3.5 on the road at FedEx. 
looks like four and a half is the number. So uh, yeah, fine with me. Yeah, it looks a little <laughs> steep to me, but boy, yeah. that Chicago defense is for real. I can tell you that uh, they they have their problems on offense, no doubt. But that defense is very much for real. Is it the best in the NFL? Very easily could be. Could be. You know, they they are good. I mean, let's listen. I know Green Bay's had some problems, but still played Aaron Rodgers and played Denver. And I know Flacco's not what he used to be. Denver's not what they used to be. But two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks they played. You know, and have, and have given up uh, what twenty four points you said. Yeah. So that's a uh, that's a pretty good defense right there. And I don't see Washington lighting up the board against this this team. So uh, I think four and a half's okay. Maybe a shade high, but you know what? If you open it lower, I know the public will come in on Chicago. You're probably so right. Four and a half. You're probably right. So yeah. and and with the Redskins, you don't know if Geis going to play. Is is Reed going to play? Is is Allen yeah, and Dunbar? There. So yeah. again, again yeah. for me, Cincinnati. Uh, the most on the line, Philly, Casey, got to consider Dallas, and I am just most flabbergasted by that uh, by that Patriots line being seventeen and a half. That's unbelievable. Jets sight unseen tonight, of course. Chrissy, thank you. I got to run. Love you. We'll talk to you next week. All right, pal, you got it. Chris Good Andrews, week. guessing lines. Enjoy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 